So when was the last time you worked up a sweat? Welcome to SBH Bronx Health Talk, produced by SBH Health System and brought to you from St. Barnabas Hospital in the Bronx. I'm Stephen Clark. You know exercise is a good thing, but how do you get back into it if you can't remember the last time you did a push-up or put on a pair of running shoes? If you haven't exercised in a while, you can always find an excuse. You know, I don't want to get hurt. I don't have time. I will eventually, like when hell freezes over. Exercise has taken on even greater importance during the pandemic, as studies show that people are snacking more and gaining weight, and stress levels keep increasing. With us today to discuss how to get back into an exercise routine are Albert Jovell and Daniel Bonilla from the HealthPlex Fitness Center at the SBH Health and Wellness Center. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you. So, Albert, let me start with you. Uh, what do you say to someone who hasn't exercised in a while and is on the fence about coming back to the gym? What do you tell them? Uh, well, that uh, there's no perfect time to begin exercising and that, you know, today is as good as day as any, uh, in so many words. Um, and what I try to steer them against or away from in general, especially at this time of year, is to try to accomplish everything uh, the first day or the first week, but to instead start small and make it more of a practice. Are there other do's and don'ts that someone should consider, Albert, when yeah, they go back to the gym? I think there's a lot of them and, you know, we hear them a lot. And I think one of the main ones that in my head plays over and over again is that people feel they need to have a certain level of fitness to come to the gym. So they're like, you know, they prepare themselves, whether that might mean, you know, reading extra on men's health or, you know, going on YouTube and trying to follow influencers. In other words, they try to imagine just how much they're going to do before figuring out what they can do and also what's um, enjoyable to them. So I think that's the other thing that people enter the gym with, this idea that, you know, it's going to hurt and it, it doesn't have to. So Daniel, if you are coming back to the gym and you are somewhat intimidated about that first session, how do you talk them down from the ledge and tell them just to calm down? My approach has always just been to listen to the individual, you know, just ask questions. Don't tell them exactly, you know, oh, this is what you're going to do. This is what you expect. Just listen to what brought them into the gym in the first place. Why, what changes in your life has have led you to come here? What changes in your life have um, caused health to also be a priority and to be in the forefront of what you're trying to do? And just figure out from there. And I was telling Albert, you know, I've had instances where the, the person has literally cried in front of me because they told me that, you know, they didn't think they could live long enough to see their grandkids, their grandkids grow up. And that's a big motivating factor. So I don't think, you know, it's, it's so much, you know, tell them it's going to be okay or we're going to do this. It's just pretty much trying to understand the individual and trying to see where they're coming from and trying to get them to answer and, their own questions. And Daniel, if, if somebody has a legitimate reason for not being in the gym for some time, say they have an illness, say they're overweight, mm -hmm. should that stop them from coming? No, I, I'm a big believer like it's never too late. I mean, I think it may, at the end of the day, we're animals. We're meant to be moving around. We're meant to exercise. That's why if you talk to anyone who just starts a workout routine, a proper workout routine, They'll tell you the first thing is like, you know, I'm sleeping better. I'm feeling great. I have a lot more energy than I've ever had before. It's one of those things where like, okay, like, listen, just trust the process. Trust the process. And, you know, if you experience any hurdles along the way, that's when we'll make changes. 
but trust the process, be consistent. And like Albert said, don't try to do everything all at once. And I think that uh, if, if I may, that today in, you know, kind of the COVID reality that we all live in, that's especially true because I think that everyone is walking around. And I know that we've talked about this, Steve, walking around in some way affected by COVID, uh, whether that's physical, literal, or mental, usually all of the above. And, you know, today more than ever, I think it's important to make time for yourself. And that does not have to mean like a rigorous approach to exercise at the start. It's more about happy inclusion of it as part of your day to day. I'm wondering, if you have somebody um, who has stayed out for a while because of COVID, do they have, I mean, how do you bring them back into the gym? They're afraid of getting exposed. They're afraid that, you know, they've, they've stayed safe and they've stayed, you know, locked up in their apartment for the last two years. How do you convince them that it's safe to come out now and work out? Well, first of all, that's a personal decision. And, you know, I wouldn't try to convince anyone that uh, they need to be feeling safe themselves, but we do everything in our power here at the gym to make that possible. And by that, you know, I would uh, let them know the precautions that we take, uh, the requirements that are in place. You know, you have to be vaccinated, you have to be masked. And thankfully we have a large enough facility where if you want, you can find a corner uh, where it will not be heavily transited and therefore you'll be safer. Um, and then the other thing that I would say to people that maybe had begun some type of gym engagement and then maybe stopped because, you know, COVID got bad or they were just concerned for whatever reason, is that just because you're not in the gym doesn't necessarily mean that you can't have movement in your life at home or outside. Okay, that's a good point. Uh, Daniel, when people are new to exercise or they've been away for a while, I'm assuming they can get frustrated or maybe bored very quickly. They're not going to see results overnight. Again, what do you tell them? Well, I think before you start a fitness program, most gyms offer it. I know we offer it for sure. Is you, know, you have a complimentary session with a trainer. That gives you a, an opportunity, an hour, to just ask the questions that you know you, you really, that have been really on, in your mind a lot lately. Or like, you know, for instance, some people, I think we've had this conversation with you, people are like, oh, I want to lose weight. Let me start running. And when it comes to fat loss, that's not the most effective way to do it. It's a way, but it's not the most effective way. So that's when you have to speak with a qualified professional and let them know what, you know, what are your limitations? What is your past experiences and what it is that you're trying to do? A lot of people's workout routines don't complement what they're trying to do or what they should be doing. I compare it to trying to cut down a tree. You know, I could give you a, a butter knife, a chainsaw or an axe. You know, they'll all get the job done, but which one's going to be the most effective one, the right one for you? So you have to figure out what the right tools for your goals are. And I think that goes with just speaking with a professional first. Like if your teeth hurt, you go to a dentist. Your heart hurts, you go to a doctor. If your knee hurts, you go to a physical therapist. You know, you're trying to get your health better, you go to YouTube. It's one of those things that you need to talk to a professional. And that's actually one thing that I'd like to piggyback off that if we battle anything Primarily, it's that. It's bad information. You know, our industry, for better or for worse, and probably for the latter, is riddled with a lot of kind of one-pill solutions, if you will. You know, if you do this, you're going to get uh, this result. And usually that's the, that those put you in the wrong, on the wrong path. And I do think that I second entirely what Daniel is saying. You should speak to a professional. And just to add a tidbit of actual information, the good news is that if you haven't exercised, 
in a long time um, or never exercise, you're going to see the results that you're looking for almost immediately because the initial result of any change in lifestyle is the biggest. So actually, that's the one thing that unfortunately feeds bad information because people come in and do these, you know, perhaps too strenuous exercises and they do see a result. And because of that, they try to maintain that. And that's not sustainable. Whereas if you come in and you do what might seem not that much, you're going to get better results and you're going to be able to actually sustain them and build upon them. But that is uh, something that we have to, in many ways, educate people on. And most of the time, they don't believe us until they experience it. Yeah, it's one of those things where people are like the, the whole no pain, no gain mentality is really to their detriment. We've had a bunch of members yeah. come in and they start seeing results right away. And when we start talking, they're like, I can't lift my shoulders. It hurts when I stand. It hurts when I walk too much. And we're like, this, you didn't come here with these issues. You know, the number one priority a trainer should have is, you know, keeping the person healthy, keeping the person in shape, keeping them away from injury. And if you're getting injured through a workout routine, that workout routine needs to be changed. Yeah. And I tend to, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but I tend to simply say to everyone that I ever encounter in, a, in this premise or in this environment is that slow and steady is always going to win and that you should leave feeling better than you came in. If you don't, then something is not being done that should be done. Now, that doesn't mean you can't come and work you to capacity and feel exhausted. It means the next day, you know, barring the, you know, usual or needed phase of adaptation, that should last a week or two. It shouldn't last months. Right. And now the thing, and we've talked about this before, when they come to the HealthPlex Fitness Center, it's not like you come in and you're on your own. Where you walk in and you go, well, you know, I think I'm going to try to lift X amount of pounds or I'm going to run 30 minutes on the treadmill. I mean, they come in, you give them an assessment, you give them a, a game plan, right? Yeah, that's the idea. And uh, you know, more importantly, we actually take a step back before doing that and have a quick assessment to ensure that you can begin, you know, a, a workout routine in your life. And it's done, you know, to screen out potential injuries that you might have that you might not be aware of. So that's step one. And step two is actually moving you through, you know, a movement screen that will identify certain hitches in your particular movement patterns, coupled with a conversation to figure out what you're trying to do here, what brought you here. That information is sort of like compiled by the trainer that you're working with. And then they take you onto the gym floor where, you know, you not only talk about what it is that you're looking to do, but they get you started on what that might look like and the things to do and not do. So it's a beginning point. It certainly isn't uh, a workout plan per se, but it is a starting point that allows you to develop a workout plan. Yeah. Daniel, when, when somebody comes in, do you give them a, a realistic time frame as to when what results they will see and when they're likely to see it. So again, like you were saying, the two you were saying earlier, people come in and they, you know, they may try too hard and they may work too aggressively uh, with the hope that they're going to lose more weight more quickly. Do you give them sort of a timetable as to what they could expect to see moving forward? We sort of do. Um, so a lot of the training we do here is very evidence-based and research-based. And so we tell them, like, listen, this is how much you weigh. Research has shown if you lose this amount, this person, this weight percentage, not weight amount, weight percentage on a monthly or weekly basis, you can sustain this all year long. So we try to, um, you know, a person could come in and say, I want to lose 30 pounds this month. Now tell them that is possible, but it's not sustainable. Or healthy. Yeah. And <laughs> so then we have to just chart out, you know, how uh, a more sustainable weight loss approach would be. 
And as you might suspect, Steve, all of this leads to something that most people don't like to talk about. The results that you get because of your workout don't happen because you go to the gym. They happen because of what you do outside of the gym. And the gym supports the goal you're attempting to achieve. Because at the end of the day, weight loss, weight gain, uh, stress levels, you know, are accrued both positively and negatively outside. Daniel, I, I know we talked about you know, during the pandemic, people's stress levels have increased dramatically. How does exercise really work to reduce stress? Uh, it's just hormones. We, you need an outlet. You have so much pent up energy. And going back to what I said before, we're animals. We're meant to move. When we don't do that, what happens to a dog that you don't take outside? They get aggressive. They get frustrated. We're meant to move. And if we're confined at home quarantining, we can't go out for two weeks. All right, you know, we get anxious. We get just like a cage line. We want to move. Just being able to go out for a long walk will actually go a long way. And I mean, we were to combine that with like exercise in the gym, that goes even further um, as far as in terms of reducing your stress levels. Yes, you know, exercise will reduce your stress. So that's why I'm very big on, you know, if you come to the gym, come here with a plan, come here with a reason. And if you're coming here and you're getting hurt from it, that's just adding to the more stress. You know, you don't want to have to, Quarantine for 14 days and then have to sit out two months to let your shoulder recover. Yeah. And if I can piggyback off of that, what I would say is that a good workout plan is one that manages stress properly. Mm -hmm. Because by definition, when you're working with weight, especially, you know, using weights, what you're actually doing is exposing your body to stress it normally doesn't experience so that it, it elicits a response. But if that stress is overwhelming, it will take over the system and the system will begin to shut down in the same way that it has by living in today's world. So, you know, it gives you an outlet, but more importantly, I think gives you a way in which to channel that flow that you're going to experience elsewhere in your life. Like, you know, if you're working out, let's say your core, and by that, I mean your entire body, not your stomach, um, actively, and you go back to your desk, you're going to sit differently. Not because you learned something necessarily, because your body realizes something. And it's an iterative process that gets taken into how you put on your shirt, the walk that you might or might not take, et cetera, et cetera. So all of it goes into that and having a good and detailed workout plan all it does is that it gives you a signal when that stress needs to alter, meaning that when the, your system actually understood or understands that, it's time to change the workout routine. And if you do that, it's going to take care of boredom. And more than, more than anything, it's going to give your body the ability to understand this is good for it, and it's going to crave it. And it's one of those things where once you cross that threshold, you can't imagine your life without exercise. But before then, you could come up with a thousand excuses. Yeah, and just to piggyback off what Albert said, you know, just look at our body. We're designed for motion. We you know we stand on two feet because that is the most energy efficient way to walk long distances. You know, we can walk 20 miles a day. It, you know, our bodies are designed for that. So it's one of those things where when you add the stressors of you know like resistance training or even just jogging, your body doesn't know that you're working out. Your body thinks you're trying to survive. So it's, so it elicits those uh, survival instincts. And that's what causes the body to change. But, you know, we're animals. We're very good at surviving. So once we made those adaptations, but well, we have to introduce another stimulus, another threat to say.
And that's equally true for being sedentary, uh, meaning that a lot of what I think people use as excuses is also another way of adapting to not wanting change because then you sort of figure out how to be okay just by not moving. Now, obviously, we all know that that's not the healthiest and it's certainly not good for longevity, but you can survive that way and your body will learn what it needs to do or not do. And that's, you know, the beginning of disease, you know, in terms of like coronary disease, for instance, you know, the body says, hey, you know, I'm not walking around that much those fingertips don't need that extra blood flow, you know, and in, in diabetics, that's a real issue. So, you know, that could lead to amputation and to other diseases and comorbidities. So it's all related. The, the issue is that it has to be iterative. And when your body is able to include that new stress in its life. Daniel, we were talking about this the other day about the importance of both weight training, as, as well as aerobic exercise. And you were mentioning the importance of having both combined. So if you go to the gym and you say, I'm just gonna run for 45 minutes, or I'm gonna go to the gym and just lift weights for a half hour, that usually isn't enough, right? You believe that it's gotta be um, both at the same time, right? Or both for that individual. I mean, one compliment, one should complement the other. You know, when you do cardio, a lot of people think that's the way to lose weight. You will lose weight, but it's not necessarily the best type of weight to lose. You know, you might be losing muscle in the process instead of body fat. But you're also at the same time strengthening up your heart, making the your body more efficient and moving blood around, which will give you more energy to lift more weights. So it one should complement the other. And when you weight train, you're making your body stronger, which means you're gonna be it's just moving around is gonna be easier for you. So you running a mile is gonna take its toll, but then you making your body much stronger. It's like putting a stronger engine in a car. You're going to go further, faster, and for a longer period of time. And if you don't mind me injecting into this as well, it really depends on the person. Because, you know, you're coming to the gym twice a week or four times a week uh, or just once. And the reason I say that is because if you, the less time you're actually in the gym, probably the more the need to combine the two in one workout. Otherwise, there's no reason why you can't split it to fit your particular goals for those three months or needs at that time. Also, it's lifestyle. If you walk uh, outside of the gym to most places, you probably don't need to cardiovascularly add jogging to it, but it might add a psychological component that you really enjoy. And if that's the case with you and it's not hurting your knees or anything else, then by all means, do that as well. It's just knowing when it's okay to include something new and not be afraid to do that. So having the information needed to know, yeah, I can do this. I'll hurt a little bit in these ways, but it's nothing insurmountable. This is what I need to do to make sure that I, I remain healthy. So it's a combination. And it, unfortunately, there's never one answer, but you know, the more, the better, obviously. But I guess there's certain cardiovascular exercises that also meet some of the needs for for weight training or for resistance training as Actually, well. No, I mean, no, if you're, no, 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 I mean, if you're, if you're, if you're spinning, if you're boxing, um, Boxing's if different. you're doing Boxing is compressive. Okay. So there you actually are using your body. You're engaging another person's body. Your center of gravity is continually being challenged. So that actually, it's, yeah, it's not very linear. So the problem with jogging is you're going straight. Yeah. It's multi-planner. Okay. Yeah, so that you're, you're overstressing those muscles that move you forward. You're not do, working any muscles that move you backwards or sideways. Whereas an exercise like boxing, you're moving on all sorts of different directions. Yeah, by definition, it's vestibular. So because of that, it, comp it comprises more than one energy system. Mm -hmm. 
all of them actually, but a spin class does not, running does not. What that does, your body's only focuses on one thing, you know, go faster in the spin bike or get to that point quicker, go up the hill, whatever that might be. So it does it at the expense of everything else. That's not bad. It's actually very focused and great. It just doesn't uh, do anything for bone density, uh, for vestibular progression, for central nervous system, or for, um, you know, things like arthritis, the spine development, growth, et cetera. So they're just different systems. But still, if somebody hasn't been in the gym for a long time, and they have an interest in spinning or they have an interest in yoga or something like that, at least that would get them into the gym. So even if, if that's the way to get them in, that's their entry card into the gym. I would and think that might be the only card because I don't mean to say you need to do it all. Let's say you become an avid yoga practitioner. That's going to change your way of approaching life by just the way that you center yourself, the way that you know how to breathe, to sit, to stand, which is going to make your walking better. Uh, and which might put you in a position where one day you do want to lift weights or you simply are going to lift your grocery bags more efficiently. So that can be enough for most people, certainly better than not doing anything. Same is true for you know, a cardiovascular athlete. If they're coming in to do spin, it adds a psychosocial component to it. Heart, uh, you know, obviously improves your cardiac function, uh, all of that. Um, and yes, it's going to give you a certain level of efficacy and movement where you might not be afraid to lift weights at that point because you feel your legs are strong. But from a physiological, scientific point of view, your muscles didn't really get any bigger. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, I'm just saying that, like, you know, if you ask... The more people know, I think the better they are at deciding what they want for themselves. And no one does everything perfectly or everything at once. It's about a balance. Yeah, and I right. think Albert, thing, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Dude. I think sorry, that one ahead. thing that really gets like overlooked a lot, you're very big on this, is just you know, exercise just teach you how to breathe. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, life gets so stressful, you just have to stop, take a deep breath in, and just reset. And a lot of people can't do that. At least with practice like yoga. You have to, it's part of the whole practice. You know, you're doing 45 minutes just training. How to sit still. Yeah. You know, how to, I would argue is probably more beneficial today's life than like going in there and like, you know, squatting. Even though I love to squat and I would say everyone needs it, I think that certain things are just more accessible to certain people. And and Daniel's right. I am a big component of just breathe, you know, because you got to know how to do that in order to do anything, including weightlifting. Yeah. And actually, a lot of people don't know how to breathe properly. It's one of those things where, you know, you take a deep breath in, your stomach gets smaller. How is that possible? You're taking in more volume. Why is this thing shrinking? So you have to understand, you know, what actually is going on in your body. Why? Your feelings, you know, when you take a deep breath, your neck hurts. Why, when you take a deep breath, it feels kind of short. Again, a very overlooked component of fitness is just breathing right. And I think, you know, classes like yoga teach you how to breathe properly. Classes like spin, you have to stop at one point to just recover and breathe. Classes like boxing, you know, you have a minute break in between. You know, three minutes of very intense work, one minute of just trying to recover. And that's where you actually pick up those skills. And also, I would imagine that you can relate to this even when you first started boxing with the classes. You know, there's an overexertion that occurs at first upon impact because people are bracing. Once you realize that you don't have to give it all and you can breathe through your punches, you're able to no longer you know, feel that impact as much, which allows you to do it better and longer and focus on technique. So it's all interrelated. In boxing, it just so happens to occur simultaneously. Yeah. But if you were to do something like strength training, like you said, a squat, you have to breathe when you're squatting or else you're going to collapse. Right. Right. Let me, me, we're running short on time, but let me ask you each one more question. Now, Albert, you've worked throughout the country 
For the people that you're working with in the Bronx, are there special challenges that they face that people in other communities that you've worked in perhaps do not? Unfortunately, yes, and many. And those have nothing to do with working out, but certainly affect your access to health. And I think that's a good place to uh, just to answer it is access to health. I mean, uh, you know, there, as you know, you know, we don't have the best health outcomes in this zip code in particular. And that definitely affects how you move and how you come to the gym for the first time. You know, there are greater comorbidities, greater incidence of diabetes and, um, you know, overweight at a younger age. And also the things that comprise the day-to-day of like the people, at least in the community, uh, in terms of stress are far higher than I think anywhere else I've worked in this capacity. Okay. And also, Daniel, I know the HealthPlex Fitness Center is not your normal run-of-the-mill gym. It's really a medical fitness center. Do you need to, I know there's an expense involved, but do you need to hire a personal trainer in order to get the kind of one-on-one treatment that we've been talking about? Remember, we talked about, you know, everyone that comes in has the complimentary orientation slash session. But it's also, we're the trainers that we're very open. You know, we like sharing our knowledge. We went to school for it. We like, you know, we'd like to be able to express it. There's one thing where if you talk to a banker, all they want to talk about is numbers and, you know, the stock market. We, you know, you want to talk to us. We, all we want to talk about is like the, the latest fitness information. The, you know, like if someone tells me I want to get stronger. Oh, well, these are five different ways you can get there. So we're very open and we're trying to establish a relationship with the members. But it's one of those things where like, you know, working in the Bronx, everyone thinks uh, one they you want something from them. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> yeah. We have like the people where they're just like, oh, you know, what are you trying to get from me? And we're just like, listen, we're just trying to help. That in the classes, I would add, uh, all of our instructors are very open and more importantly, have the same mindset, which is regardless of where you are in terms of exercise uh, capacity at present, we're going to be able to modify. So, you know, you can take a yoga class with someone who's been, you know, doing yoga forever or someone that has never done it, and you'll be able to get that individualized instruction. The same goes for our staff both front desk as well as the personal trainers that we have on the floor. Because at any given time, if you're here, there's going to be a personal trainer on the floor. And they're there to help you. Mm-hmm. You know, while they might not be able to dedicate a full hour to you, every single time, if you want to take 10 minutes of our time, we'd be happy to give you those 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, that's more than enough if you have focus and can take a little bit of advice. That's more than enough to to do what you need to to get done. Um, And the last thing, because I have to pitch it just a little bit, for every uh, new member, we have a severely reduced uh, entry point of three sessions for $150. And that's meant to give you exactly that, you know, uh, a a big purview or overview of what you can get done. And out of that, you can get a workout plan that will last you for a while and you don't have to continue with the one-on-one. Yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, you don't necessarily need to hire a personal trainer, but if you do, it will go a long way. And again, you know, I like to compare, I like, I like comparisons, you know, LeBron James is a personal trainer. He's with the best athlete on the planet. If he can get a trainer and you don't want to because you think you know your stuff, you know, what separates you from the best athlete on the planet? Oh, like Albert said, you know, $150 gets you three sessions. All we might do is just try to tweak your routine to better fit your, your needs and your goals. If you want to continue, that's really up to you. Uh, but again, you, you should see progress within those three sessions. You know, Albert and Daniel, thank you for some time today. This was really great. Uh, if people want to either check out the fitness center in person or would like to join, 
what number can they call? Uh, my number is 718-960-9234. Yeah. Um, or you can also uh, visit our, we have an Instagram page, and that is um, SBH HealthPlex Fitness Center at Instagram. Okay, and you're located at the SBH Health and Wellness Center on 3rd Avenue and 182nd Street. Um, on the second floor. And, you know, right. Okay. Uh, Again, to our listeners, thank you for joining us today. To learn more about services at SBH Health System, visit www.sbhny.org. Until next time.